Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with the Intelligent Enterprise, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. We are so excited to debut a new Game Changers series. We are coming to the Influencers Channel with the series for the first time. We have over 30 different Game Changers series on the Business Channel on Voice America World Talk Radio. So this is a very exciting day for us. My name is Bonnie D. Graham, and let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. This is interesting. Artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning, whatever you're doing, if you don't understand it, learn it, because otherwise you're going to be a dinosaur within three years. That's a quote from Mark Cuban, if you don't know who he is, an American businessman, entrepreneur, investor, owner of the National Basketball Association's Dallas Mavericks. He owns 2929 Entertainment and the chairman of AXS-TV, and you may know his name from the ABC reality TV series Shark Tank. Aha! And that's a quote from him, and that sets us up very nicely. So what are we talking about today? Artificial intelligence, machine learning, intelligent things are no longer just cool technologies. I like to spell cool, K-E-W-L, because it sounds like what the cool kids are saying. They're no longer just cool tech for early adopters. They are shaping our everyday lives. They are moving into the core of business ERP systems, and they have the potential to shape a new economy, unlike anything we've ever seen before. If we get to the no human touch order and we're nearly there, who will win and who will lose? So that's the question on the table. Let me tell you who my three experts are on the panel today and then we'll get started with their opening quotes. First up, I'm pleased to welcome a newcomer from our good friends at Deloitte Consulting. He is Vivek Rao and we will be speaking with him in a moment. Joining us is a returning panelist. He's been on so many shows. I think he I don't know if he could run it himself, but he could try. Owen Pettiford, who is now the Senior VP of SAP Digital Transformation at a company called Back Office. That's one word. Associates, and he'll tell us what he does. And rounding out the panel, another newcomer I'm so pleased to welcome, Karsten Nitschke. And I'll spell his name N-I-T-S-C-H-K-E. He's the head of Leonardo EMEA North at SAP. Welcome, panelists. We are so honored to have you help me launch our brand new series. So let's go to Vivek Rao. And Vivek has sent me a quote from Albert Einstein. Anybody hiding under a rock for the past, I don't know, a couple of decades or century. Einstein lived from 1879 to 1955, a German-born theoretical physicist who developed the theory of relativity, one of the two pillars of modern physics. He is also known for his very popular equation, probably the most memorable equation in the world, E equals mc squared, which is mass-energy equivalent formula, and he received the 1921 Nobel Prize in physics. Here's the quote. Listen up. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Vivek Rao, welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. 
Good morning, buddy. Doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Talk to me about this quote. Tell me something. We're talking today about ERP. We're talking about machine learning. We're talking about companies and brands surviving. So I'm very happy you picked this quote from Einstein because it gets to the core. If you've never made a mistake, you've never tried anything new. Why don't you relate that specifically to our cool tech topic today, Vivek? Sure. So the reason I picked this quote, right, was... um there's a lot of buzz in today's marketplace around innovation. And if you look at the last decade or so, there's innovation in the marketplace. Every year, something changes. Uh, what we sort of use, apply today, may not be very relevant in the next six months or one year's time. And there's a lot of choices that organizations get to make in terms of which architecture, which platforms, what technologies to use to sort of drive that business value. So there's also this tendency than that, which is like, should I wait and see and, or, you know, wait to see what someone else does better than adopt. And fundamentally, the way I look at it is, you know, the first data has that advantage. And when you jump in, you make your mistakes, you learn within your organization what works, what does not work. And it's that sum total of experiences that leads to those cool, sort of successful innovations, successful products that you then bring to market from that. I was also reading an article on Forbes um, magazine where, you know, they talk about where the startups in, like, the Silicon community talk about these phase experiments, less of failures, so it takes that stigma off and they call it pivoting, um, wherein that pivoting really just means, like, rapidly moving towards your goal by sort of learning from your mistakes, recalibrating your trajectory, mm-hmm. and then achieving your ultimate goal from there. Vivek, do you think that there are companies that are willfully being laggards in this new technology world? Do you think there are companies that are saying, we don't want to make a mistake? No, 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 no. We're, we're, we'll make some tweaks around the edges, but, you know, we really don't want to do anything that's going to rattle our employees, rattle our shareholders, rattle our board of directors. We just want to stay, eh, we'll kind of dip our toe, but we're not in any hurry. Do you think that that's a danger point in today's business economy, business global dynamic marketplace, Vivek? It's an interesting question, Bonnie. To be honest, yeah, there are organizations which would sort of say, let me see what the leader within that industry segment is doing and then see if that sort of works for me. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's also part of um, this constant change that we see, right? So, like, technology would evolve earlier at a much slower pace. But in today's world, technology evolves so fast that what you sort of put into an organization today may sort of not be relevant in a year's time. So there's this tendency to say, let me wait and see if that's really going to catch up, if that's really sort of going to drive business value for me before I go adopt it, Right. The most successful organizations, I would say, sort of tend to do these as incremental work, right? So as pilots, as testing the water out, seeing what the value is for that business users, and then sort of productizing it and driving it into a larger scale within the organization, right? So because a lot of these technologies, not one of it just independently helps solve an issue, but it's that sum total that then drives that value for that organization, 
Thank you very much, Rebecca. I appreciate that. Uh, we, we talk about this on many of our other Game Changers series, the concept of being a laggard, of dipping the toe in the water. I like the way you brought in that they're waiting and watching to see what other companies are doing. Very, very important. That's kind of a uh, follow the leader. The question is you want to be the leader today. Thank you, Vivek. A lot more coming from you during the show. And again, welcome to our debut episode of this brand new exciting series, Changing the Game with the Intelligent Enterprise Radio, presented by SAP. Now I'm going to move around the table just a little bit to our good friend Owen Pettiford. And Owen has sent us a quote. We've never had a quote from this character, Owen, ever, ever, ever in about 1,500 shows over seven years. The quote is from the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. And the Scarecrow, if anybody never read this charming book or saw the movie or the Broadway show, Scarecrow is a character in the fictional land of Oz created by American author L. Frank Baum and illustrator W.W. Denslow. I didn't know the the illustrator's name. Uh, In his first appearance, the Scarecrow reveals that he lacks a brain and he desires a above all else to have a brain but in reality he's only two days old and just simply ignorant as a baby throughout the course of the novel he shows that he already has the brains he seeks and he's later recognized as the wisest man in all of oz although he thanks the wizard for giving him the brain there we go so here is the quote (laughs) this is a good one owen some people without brains do an awful lot of talking don't they (laughs) i'm sorry owen pettiford welcome back how are you i'm good thank you i'm good thank you bye I love the quote. Tell me, how in the world did you pick a quote from the Scarecrow for a show about high-tech and, and new technology and ERP and, and uh, enterprises? Talk to me. I don't know. Well, I think the, the Wizard of Oz is, is uh, something that I've, uh, I've enjoyed as a show since I was a kid, really. So I think that the Scarecrow uh, is a great character. And I think in this context, there were a few, uh, I guess, some tongue-in-cheek um, uses for it. But the main one was, I think we're all going to end up having conversations with things that don't have a brain, as in a biological brain, but we're going to be having lots of conversations with things that have a a digital brain, and it's going to be an exciting time over the next uh, three to five years as that evolves. It certainly will. And and what's your thought? You know, we could be uh, a little bit crude and say, I was talking to Vivek Rao a moment ago about companies that are laggard, that are waiting on the sidelines, not quite sure where to go with all of this, not ready to take a big risk or even a little one. Uh, do you think that they're the ones who, who are don't have the brains to see, and I'm not meaning to be rude, but to have the brains to see that this is where they need to take their companies? What's your thought on that? I mean, I think we'll see an adoption curve much like we see in, in, in lots of other areas, and each time a new technology comes along, there are there are always the naysayers or the people who think they can sit on the sidelines and, and wait for other people to use it. And then equally, there's also the people who perhaps move a bit too quickly and, and spend money where they, where they and, and don't get the returns. Um, I think the, the key here is getting to that sweet spot where, you know, all of the stars align and you can invest, uh, as the deck said, in time of proof of concepts and ramping stuff up. Uh, without wasting money and then be there for the, as, as things become mainstream. Thank you very much, Owen. Pleasure to have you back and looking forward to a lot more from you. I'm still laughing. We've never had a 
quote from the Scarecrow before. That's that's a new one. And we also have a very interesting quote from another newcomer today, Karsten Nitschke at SAP. And he is quoting the title of a book by Robert Kriegel and David Brandt. The title is Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. Both uh, Mr. Kriegel and actually Dr. Kriegel and Dr. Brandt are, are PhDs. And the rest of the title of the book, which was published on April 1st in 1997, is Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers, Developing Change Drive people and organizations and the concept of the book was that sacred cows are the outdated and costly business practices like reports that are never read or the slowdown of innovation that exists in every company. Uh, Inspired by insights gained from more than 450 programs conducted with all types of organizations, the authors of the book show how corporations can kill off the sacred cows that are trip crippling them. Interestingly, uh, Kriegel also wrote a book called If It Ain't Broke, Break It, another unconventional wisdom for a changing business world. I like the way they title their books. Karsten Nitschke, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Thank you very much. I'm doing great. And uh, every time I hear the quote that I gave you, I, I like it more um, because I think it is just wonderfully provocative. And uh, on the other side also, Whenever you say something provocative, you typically cause a reaction. And the minimum reaction that you cause is that people need to start to think, so what does he actually want to do with, uh, say with this, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm liking this quote really a lot, um, especially when I look into the innovation space and especially Alpha as it was written in the book. We have so many times the land of no. Oh, no, mm-hmm. we're doing this already. Oh, no, uh, we think it's not the right time. And especially that it's not the right time. So when is the right time? when you're starting to be out of business, when you're starting to write big losses, because the automation is needed, right? Think about the car manufacturers that uh, didn't uh, adopt robotics. They went out of business, right? Uh, They needed to be more efficient, and that is true for everybody. So I'm, I'm very pleased with the quote, I have to say. I am too, and and it's very interesting. I gave up red meat about forty years ago, Karsten. So when I think of burgers, I think of t- t- turkey burgers, and I'm thinking, what kind? Sacred turkeys make the best burgers. I I'm not quite sure what to do with this, but very interesting. And Karsten, I, I have to tell our listeners since we're Game Changers is new on the Influencers Channel. When I ask my guests to send me a, an inspirational quote that has nothing to do with the topic and then relate it to the topic in their own words on the live radio show, we don't sit down around a table and say, okay, Karsten, what quote do you want? Vivek, what do you want? Owen, what do you want? They pick these independently. And, and if you think about it, all three quotes really speak so closely to the question of companies adopting new technology at the right time, in the right way, in the right strength to improve their brands, to keep thriving and striving and stay competitive. So, Karsten, I, I just was so intrigued because your quote just really touched on almost the other leg of the, the three-legged stool, which is a stool that's very steady, of what we've already talked about with the other two panelists, the idea that, hmm, some people without brains do a lot of talking. Well, those might be the non-believers and the laggers. And then Vivek Rao's quote from Einstein, anyone who's never made a mistake has never tried anything new. So, I think we're. I think we've covered the whole, all three legs of that stool. Um, Karsten, question: Did you read that book, the Sacred Cows book, or and should I get a copy? Um, I definitely think you should get a copy. I haven't read the book in its entirety, but um, I was blessed with a training just uh, two weeks ago in in the Bay Area um, at a very inspirational university, and that's where the quote came up, and it was. 
you cannot even imagine in a group of 90 people the amount of reaction this one quote gave, right? Because we all immediately thought about the, all those people that typically just say no and try to stop things and how can we convince them to really adopt the change because either you adopt the change or the change will adopt you, right? And I think it's definitely something we need to read because this is right now all about how do we adopt this new topic and how do we convert the land of no into a land of yes? Very interesting. Thank you so much, Karsten. Such a pleasure to have you on, and we're going to find out more about what you do in a few minutes. Let's circle around to the front of the table again. Vivek Rao is there, and, and I warned my three panelists I have three questions for you. Number one, I'm going to ask, where in the world are you today? The second question, because this series is a, shall we say, a, a child of my flagship series, Coffee Break with Game Changers, I want to know what's your favorite beverage in the whole world, and remember, it may Maybe 10 a.m. East Coast here where I am in North Carolina, but it's cocktail hour somewhere in the world, so it can be an alcoholic beverage. And the third question is, what do you do in your role? So, Vivek, why don't you kick us off on the What's in Your Cup segment? Where are you? What do you love to drink? And what do you do? Please. Sure. So, I, I'm calling in from Livingston, New Jersey. Um, hope folks are not very aware of Livingston. It's a place closer to Penny. Um so my favorite drink would actually be, I'm not sure how many people would know it, but filter coffee. Um, if you're from southern India, that's typically what we've grown up with. It's very much like a drip coffee, but something that um, was prepared the previous night, and it's the first brew is what everyone sort of runs for in the morning. Um, in terms of what I do, um, so, so I, I wear a couple of roles within Deloitte. I wear a couple of hats within Deloitte. Uh, one of them is focused on digital transformation, and it's focused on helping our clients understand, you know, how they sort of make this transition from where they are today to adopting these newer technologies, driving that business value, and then transforming that enterprise to address tomorrow's market needs. Right? I know that's a lot of words, but fundamentally, it's reaping that value for business from all of these digital innovation technologies. Uh, the interesting journey has been, you know, is also sort of adopting new ways in taking these technologies to our business stakeholders because, you know, the earlier way of having monolithic engagement to drive all of these doesn't really sort of work that great. And as we go forward, I'll talk a little more about it is, you know, how we sort of take these technologies more to our clients to drive business values more in a rapid innovation cycle manner. Um, it, it, it's been it's really been exciting times within the industry for the last decade. As every year we have more disruptive technologies, which opens up more value, uh, helping us also sort of think out of the box and you know taking off all those different boundaries we had in terms of architecture principles, and then defining newer solutions to drive that value. Thank you very much, Vivek. Very, it sounds like you're in a very, very interesting part, and, and I do want to do a shout-out to your colleague and a good friend of Game Changers Radio, Carla Neal at, at Deloitte. She's based in Canada, I believe, and I know she travels all over the world for different events with Deloitte, but she has been a real true friend to Game Changers. She sends us very smart, interesting people like you for our panel discussion. So shout-out to Carla. We really appreciate this. And now let's move around to Owen Pettiford. Owen's no stranger to Game Changers 
Radio, been on several of our series. So, Owen, let's catch up with you. Number one, where are you today? I see a phone number with a plus in front of it, so I know you're not here near me. Number two, what's your favorite drink? And I guess you could repeat something you told me on a previous show because this is on a new channel. And number three, what is up with you and Back Office Associates? Go ahead. Sure. So I'm in, I'm in a, a town called Leamington Spa in the UK. It's just south of Birmingham and about 90 miles north of, of London. So it's like a pin in the middle of the UK, and that's where I'm sitting today. Uh, my favorite drink is um, from a company called the Big Drop Brewing Company. They were a mm. company that started in the UK. They brew beer, but they only brew beer that's got less than half a percent alcohol in it. And my favorite beer they've got is called is their Pale Ale. So the Big Drop Brewing Company is my, is my call-out. Uh, they're trying to bring uh, low-alcohol low um, beers to the world. Very interesting. Um, they're open right my, now, by uh, the way. Date. I was going to say they're open, they're open right now because it's, it's uh, seven hours ahead of where I am here. It's 10 a.m. here, and they close at 5 p.m., so anybody who wants to go to Big Drop Brewing Company, now is the time. <laughs> go, go ahead, <laughs> Owen. Cool. Um, so so uh, my day job is um, helping customers understand uh, how they can make a journey from you know, where they are today and, and apply a number of different technologies to make themselves more efficient um, with, with uh, machine learning and AI being one of them. Um, and the key thing I do within back office is make sure people understand the, the role that data uh, plays in making sure that transformation, transformation is, is smooth um, and harmonious. Thank you very much. Nice to catch up with you. I, I just did Google the brewing company, and there's a uh, there's a website called Untapped U N T A P P D dot com. It's missing the e. Pale Ale Big Drop Brewing Company Untapped, and they're doing a review there. If you want to go take a look, thank you very much, Owen. And let's welcome another newcomer, Karsten Nitschke at SAP. Karsten, where are you today? And what's your favorite drink that powers you and makes you so? interested and interesting in the world around you, and what is your role as the head of Leonardo EMEA North? Go ahead. Wonderful. Thank you. So you find me this morning in Palo Alto, so it's a little bit earlier than for you. It's 7.24 right now. I'm here for a customer visit today, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, regarding the favorite drink, I think it's very difficult to answer just one favorite drink, right? Because it's, if I say it's 7.24 that my favorite drink is a glass of twi- uh, red wine, sounds a bit like an alcoholic. <laughs> I do love red wine, especially the Spanish red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not right now the time. So right now would be my favorite drink would be definitely a very short and very strong uh, ristretto. Like the espresso, just a little bit shorter and a little bit uh, thicker almost, if you want to say it like this. Um, I love the smell and taste of it. And it's like this shot of energy that you just mentioned as well um, that I very much like to get in the morning. Very good. Um, what okay, what do, do you do? It, yes. What do you do? Go ahead. So what I do, I think I have one of the coolest um, jobs at SAP because I get to talk to our customers about innovation and innovation journey. And um, it, it's very, very interesting because oftentimes you hear them from customers, oh, I didn't know that you guys do this. So this is always great because then you can tell them something new. Right? You can take them on a journey with you. But I think the best part of it is uh, to also do maybe change with the angle. Right? Uh, typically, people, when they hear the word innovation, they think about technology. And yes, there is technology involved in it, but I, I really tend to focus much more with them on the business outcome. Mm-hmm. So what if you could do this 
better or this cheaper or this augmenting your focus um, to really uh, work with them on this type of questions and then take them on the hand on this type of journey and also deliver those prototypes and, and prototypes or even production environments in a very quick way. This is what I do and I'm very, very much enjoying it. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, Christ, I have a question for you. We talk on many of our shows about the need for change management when you have something, when, when leaders, when whether it's a, somebody in the C-suite or it's coming up a grand swell, shall we say grassroots, mid-level in a company or even, even a little bit lower down the so-called food chain, uh, and, and a change is needed. And it's decided to make that change. It decided to adopt that technology or to change the processes. You just can't throw it on people's desks and say, starting Monday, we're going to do everything differently. Just quickly, what's your thought on, on the role of change management and what we're talking about right now, which is the role of brand new technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, intelligent things, Internet of Things, in terms of just a company say, okay, we've seen the light. We're going to go out. We're going to make all these changes. We're going to be so successful and people are sitting there saying what what is this the company I thought I worked for Wait, what's your thought on change management so I, first of all I think change management uh, that links actually back to the sacred cow statement right? I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely fundamental and it's very very undervalued typically when we look at it so yeah. key number one is this needs to be a top leadership topic so this needs to come all the way up from the C-suite and then we push down. This is where we're going. And actually, very important also to underline, this is a journey. It's not that you build Rome now in a single day, right? I mean, some people might have that ambition. No, this is a journey. This is a step-by-step approach. How fast you take the steps, then it's a different topic, but you need to do it step-by-step. But I think the key thing is also, uh, as I mentioned before, if we just focus it on technologies, and this is how many of those projects have been done in the past, then you see just all the different types of problems. You do not see the opportunity. How do we integrate? How do we? How do we? Right? But instead of just looking, hey, if we were to do this, we could also do that. Right? I think there is a fundamental shift in perspective that is needed in that. And that's why the change, manage, uh, change management is so important so that we really look at the positive side instead of all the risks, which is a very natural reaction that we have when change is not managed well. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful. Before we take a break, actually, yeah, we're going to take a break in a minute. But Vivek Rao at Deloitte, I'd love to get your thoughts on what I brought up that Karsten agreed with about change management with all this new, these new technologies that companies really need to embrace. What's your thought on how to do it right? Vivek? Sure. So let me give you a quick sort of real life example. Right? For me as well, um, let me talk of something like, and I'll throw another buzzword in, like AR, VR, impacting day-to-day life, right? So it's sort of, you hear it and you're like, here goes another technology jargon in terms of trying to say that's going to change the world. And then I was attending a workshop where it showed us how, you know, when a machinist is sort of being introduced to a factory, uh, the earlier way of them learning how to service at that specific machine, which had a lot of safety concerns, was... You know, they would sort of take it down, they would show you how it works, and then you would have to take your notes and then learn from that, right? Now, this another way of showing it was using AR, VR. It was literally like a video game where, you know, mm-hmm. they were given some initial instructions, and then you had these glasses and spanners and tools that you used, and you were actually interacting with that uh, machine in that AR game, right? And then you sort of learn how to do your game or how you sort of service that machine. Now, 
what is very impactful for me there was the moment you know we see how that technology can be used you start looking at 10 other possibilities of how it can be used and all of the naysayers then become more of the people who are then giving more of these opinions of yeah you know there's another impact i can write from my organization or my, you know with my team and all of that so i i think like yes as sasan said you know the the buy in from leadership is absolutely important uh to what i was trying to quote and say that culture of courage to make mistakes and learn is also absolutely important and then the you know demonstrating the value of that technology for people to just sort of see how it applies in today's world mm-hmm. is that sort of game changer that once they see it they really adopt and have run with it thank you very much on pedford of course we have to get your pov on this join us what do you think agree or disagree um, i think the change management will be important in terms of uh, i guess how how um, ai is taken to scale i think in its early days it's potentially less going to be less important in that it will come in and start helping people just um really assist what they're doing so it's sort of something to make people more efficient rather than necessarily um you know whole scale changing the way they operate i think the sort of second and third phases of ai are going to become much more um interesting in any vertical commerce for uh, for industry as we start to trust the machines more um and then they start to make wholesale changes so I think almost anyone who's letting AI into the workplace now is is um is letting a wolf in sheep's clothing into the organization and these people are now it's going to progress over that time. Thank you very much gentlemen I'm going to give you a 90 second break just to regroup and take a sip of something you're on your own as far as what drink you have right now I'm talking to Carsten of course uh and, and I'm well Owen yes I'm talking to Owen as well so I'm Bonnie D Graham and by the way I'm not allowed to go anywhere near caffeinated beverages on radio show days so all I'm ha- all I have here is a cool clear glass of cool clear water with a yellow straw because I'm here in Durham North Carolina we did dodge hurricane flow to weeks ago it doesn't mean we didn't have rain and wind and dark gloomy days and a lot of wet soggy ground underneath us but we did dodge the really heavy effects that unfortunately hit so many areas in our coastal neighboring towns so i just wanted to say yellow straws because the sun is shining today and that's always a good thing you're listening to the debut episode of our brand new series changing the game with the intelligent enterprise radio special guests are vivek rao at deloitte owen pettiford at back office associates and Karsten Nitschke at SAP. We'll be right back in 90 seconds. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Business is at a technological crossroads. The future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Many companies have been slow to adopt new technologies and capabilities. This is resulting in these organizations falling behind in delivering what their customers need. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how the intelligent enterprise can change businesses and lead to a better future for everyone. Changing the game with the intelligent enterprise is presented by SAP. Visit sap.com. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You're listening to Changing the Game with the Intelligent Enterprise, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with the Intelligent Enterprise. We actually are changing the game with the Intelligent Enterprise. And the Intelligent Enterprise, the key word is intelligent. That's what you need to be today, as my opening quote from Mark Cuban said, artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning, whatever you're doing, if you don't understand it, learn it, because otherwise you're going to be a dinosaur within three years. I don't know exactly when he said it, but it was probably not that long ago, and he knows the truth. We're speaking speaking today with Vivek Rao at Deloitte, with Owen Pettiford at Back Office Associates, and with Karsten Nitschke at SAP, and I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to kick off our roundtable, although we've been enjoying a roundtable already, with Vivek, and Vivek told me the following. I, I think our audience, Vivek, would love to have some numbers to wrap their heads around, so Vivek says, data that serves as a nucleus for machine learning is exploding with a projected growth rate of 10 times from humans and 50, that's 50 times from machines by 2020. We're talking about ex- exponential growth and endless possibilities. So Vivek, talk to us about these numbers and then we will invite Owen and Karsten to comment on your topic. Go ahead. Sure. So, so buddy, I think the last decade or two where we've seen fundamentally you know, exponential growth of data, right? And we've spoken about this as different things as big data, analytics, and all of that. And the, the, the reason I think that was, you know, we typically look at analytics as providing insights into data, which was like historical data and empirical, and then sort of saying, how do you sort of take those insights and apply it to your future decision-making process? Um, we're speaking with a couple of SAP colleagues last week on a workshop, and the way that said, the the way the market's going or the future projections is where you know we're not looking at making these decisions on the empirical data, but then looking at you know being able to provide insights to people within that five minutes of that data origin, right? which means mm-hmm. you need to apply all these machine learning algorithms less on the core but more on that edge. As soon as the data comes up, then you know you're applying. So the amount of data that's getting generated through IoT, through just human interactions, and how we correlate with the structured and unstructured data, looking at past technologies and how they were applied doesn't necessarily solve the answer of the future, which is where it's not like machine learning did not exist for a long time, but I think it's becoming more pervasive of how we use it. It's becoming more generally available for the architects and organizations to apply it to then drive that business value out there for stakeholders. Thank you very much. Owen Pettiford, chime in. You like the numbers that Vivek shared with us? Anything you want to change, different uh, approach? Talk to me. I, I mean, I think nobody in any doubt the amount of data that's around is, uh, is exploding. And I think it's key that um, people understand the data that they're feeding into these um, into the machine learning algorithms. If you feed... Uh, I guess garbage in, garbage out has been around for a long time, but often we've had um, uh, you know, human beings in the, in the way of, of the garbage that's coming out to make, um, to make sure we make uh, good decisions. But I think as we get to 
things like machine learning, blockchain, internet of things, uh, things moving to scale where decisions are made in milliseconds instead of seconds or minutes, then the quality of that input that you use to train and then run these machine learning algorithms is it becomes even more important. And I think it's a, it's a hidden piece of um, dirty laundry in many many organisations that the quality of the data, uh, sadly today, just doesn't isn't up to the job. So if they used it to train their, their algorithms today, they'd get some fairly squirrely results. Thank you. Karsten Nitschke, talk to me. What do you think? Agree or disagree with either or both? Up to you. <laughs> well, I think it's difficult to disagree with any of them because I, th- okay. I think we all see really the same thing. So data is definitely exploding the amount of data that we have and the speed of data. right? And that's uh, actually with the speed of data also always add to it. Um, the speed of innovation, it will never be as slow as it is right now. It will be every day more faster. I think the other thing that is very important when we look at the amount of data that we're looking at is that most likely today, we probably own 80% of the data and we acquire 20% from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so moving forward, that thing will shift. You will only own uh, 20% of the data and 80% will be outside data that you will include in order to feed your machine learning algorithms in order to take better decisions. Uh, and so I think there's really a, a major shift that we're seeing there that will also imply a cultural shift because we're used to owning things, not only to using things. Very interesting. I think there's a topic in there for a show somewhere, Karsten. Thank you very much. Vivek, I'm not going to come back to you because we're a little pressed for time here, so I'm going to pick up something here from Owen Pettiford. Owen, let's talk about AI. AI, you say, is hitting the mainstream now. It's been around since you were studying computer science at university. I don't know how old you are when that was. Uh, it's interesting that it's finally taking hold in the mainstream, and AI will enter the workplace. Why don't you talk to us about about AI. Owen, talk to me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think the theory of AI has been there. I mean, and, and to answer your question, it was 30 years ago I was, I was studying at university. So I think the, the theory has been there, but what was lacking really were two, two main aspects I think were lacking. One was just the pure compute power that you need to run some of these algorithms so that things work in real time. And, you know, this stuff is going to, if we're going to mimic human behavior, then we need to work in real time. But the power of that compute and the availability of it is becoming... Um, ubiquitous so we can get that through you know the hyperscale cloud providers um, the other big change is that things are being uh, machines are being connected together so i guess we refer to that as the internet of things but essentially that means that you can get you can feed your algorithms with data in in real time so it's kind of been nice to be able to do predictive um you know analytics and and, and do that in a offline kind of way but to get the the real benefit out of um machine learning algorithms they need to run in real time so by being connected um, and with the big compute power behind them, then we can start to get to um, where you can now have, you know, you can chat with, with bots in real time and, and not even realize that you're, you're dealing with a, with a computer. In fact, the only reason you'll notice is because it might be faster than the human response. Ah, okay. Let's go around the table. Thank you to Karsten Nitschke. Karsten, what do you think? Is it here? Is it entering our world? Well, we already know it's part of our everyday worlds. Is it is it entering the workplace fast, slowly? Is it something people are going to embrace and love? Um, I think definitely. I mean, it definitely it is here. Uh, and actually, more more interestingly, is and I'm back to the the example that that Owen just mentioned for example, the chatbot. Many times we think we chat actually to a person and we don't, right? I think it, the beauty of this or the interesting thing of this is really that we do not actually notice that we're now talking to a machine versus a person. Uh, 
Um, so there is a very smooth transition in that sense. And it is here, it's coming fast, and it's here to stay. Uh, absolutely. So in, in many, the easiest thing for me always to use is to t- take a look at your smartphone. Right? The voice control that you have there is machine learning, artificial intelligence. And there isn't any smartphone anymore in the world that is not using these type of technologies. And it becomes normal. We don't even talk about it anymore. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Thank you very much. It's just part of our life. It will be. And actually, Owen had another phrase in here. He said, as AI enters the workplace, it'll go through the same phases of any new employee. First, it'll do the boring stuff, the repetition, then complex stuff, but repeatable. <laughs> and then maybe one day we'll see an AI CEO. OMG. I should have read that part, Owen. Carson, you want to react to that? And then I'm going to get Vivek to talk to me. What do you think? Will will we get to the point where there'll be an AI CEO? Um. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, this would be probably highly speculative. Sorry. Um, I'm not sure because I probably still think that we do want to see a person there that we can hold accountable. Um, but on the other side, will the CIO, uh, CEOs um, be strongly backed by AI and probably take a large percentage of decisions based on the recommendations coming from those engines? Absolutely, yes. And it's not just a 10, 20 time year time frame. I think the time frame will be much, much shorter. I would be betting on something between five to seven years. Ah, that's interesting. Vivek Rao at Deloitte, love to get your thoughts. I got a lot of interesting stuff on the table here. Talk. Yeah, I mean, I hate to sound like an atheist, but I, I guess it would be hard for me to imagine which the CEO would become an AI, but I do agree with the past comments that. You know, I think increasingly what will happen is a lot of these decisions will be driven or at least, you know, will be facilitated by AI uh, or machine learning sort of algorithms providing input into the decision-making process. Um, I think fundamentally at the end of the day, all of these technologies will help make us better at our workplace or at different spheres in life, right? But um, I, I'm not sure if that human element as such will be totally taken off from that Interesting. Okay. Uh, Owen, a quick comment on anything you want to add? I, I love the idea. Do you really believe there could be an AI CEO, Owen? Come on. I, I, th- I think there will be. I mean, I think it's the logical progression. If you believe in AI and you believe it can do the things that it says it can do, then you know, the chap that got beaten by the Go, by the deep, um, deep, um, deep mind um, AI bot that beat him at Go, he was so confident before he started that series that he wasn't going to get beaten, and then he did. Um, and that's just the start, I think. I think it's the logical conclusion that people realize that AI CIOs are better than CEOs are better than human ones and cheaper. Very interesting. Thank you. Karsten, a couple of interesting things here. Well, everything you sent me was interesting. Same for Vivek and Owen. A couple of places here we could go. When you say the driver for machine learning is not going to be the technology, but it's going to come from the business. I'd love to talk about that. Or the one that really interests me, Karsten, you say blockchain and AI will be linked very closely together. I'm going to give you a choice, Karsten. I don't usually do this, but at this point in the roundtable, we have about eight minutes left till we go to prediction. So which topic would you like? Um, maybe we can just maybe do a very quick um, start with the last one, um, the AI and uh, blockchain. Um, yes. Coming back to the, to the statement that I made just a little bit earlier today, we physically own 80% of the uh, information that we're processing, and in the future, it will be probably 
just 20% and 80% will be external information or shared information that they're going to process. So in order to use shared information to process, you need to trust it. And this is one of the key factors that we have probably around blockchain. Right? Blockchain is a system of trust in which we share then information. And I think this is a key piece and also to move forward. If you look at the, the, the processes that AI and ML could improve today, they still are very strongly paper-based. And yes, paper, no, we're not sending faxes anymore. Thank God. I mean, we, we left that step behind. But now we send emails, et cetera, et cetera. So there is still a manual interchange between uh, of information. If we automatize this and really use blockchain to have this big network of trust between us and many others, the whole impact of AI will be much, much stronger. So I do see them work very, very strongly together. And uh, I'm very excited to see that because I think in blockchain, too many people are still thinking about, well, what can we actually do with it? This is what you can actually do with it. Really build relationships of trust with your ecosystem and wider ecosystem. And, and Karsten, that question of trust comes up in the news every day. We talk, we hear hacks and breaches and where is my data and did it get exposed and did I really buy a vintage wine that I paid $500 for the bottle? Not the case. I'm not talking personally, of course. We hear it every day in every way. We, we are part of this digital economy, the digital industry, the digital world. So much of who we are is out there. We willingly put it out there and the concept of businesses becoming more trustworthy through blockchain seems like a good thing to me. Do you agree? Absolutely. I think without trust, uh, nothing works, right? And actually, it would lead me to my uh, second all-time favorite quote, yes, um, which is uh, to demystify uh, the godfather, where they always said, it's only business and it's nothing personal. I think that's the biggest mistake we could make, right? It's hmm. always personal and it's all for business. And um, because you will never do business with somebody you do not trust, right? So this is something that is somehow personal. This is a gut feeling. This is strongly based on yeah, data, right? But there is also this, mm, I do trust this person at the beginning because maybe at the beginning you do not even have the data to take that decision. So trust is absolutely necessary and we need to trust each other every day more in order to build this new world uh, an ecosystem where machine learning and blockchain will lead us the way. Thank you very much. Let's circle around the table. We have a little bit of time left. Vivek Rao, love to get your thoughts. Blockchain, AI, entering the workplace. What do you think? I was just saying that I think absolutely yes. You know, blockchain will become more prevalent in terms of how we sort of extend that value within the supply chain to what Owen was also saying. It's, it's really the question of trust. Right now, if you see the marketplace, there's a lot of blockchain networks getting established. The question is really you know, which ones would organizations trust to share their data with. And as that sort of becomes more clear and there is more adoption in that space, you know, the amount of data that's being generated where it's not just your organizational data, but then you're also leaning in on other organizations to share their data to make the right decision, will sort of be where machine learning comes in and sort of helps in real time, you know, drive that value within that supply chain. Thank you very much. Owen Pettiford, love to get your thoughts. Join us. I, I, I agree with Carsten in terms of the, um, uh, what, what uh, blockchain is going to do with, um, in, in relation to machine learning. It will allow all machines to trust each other um, implicitly, so that, that's going to be a key part of them being able to make decisions on their own 
I think the other piece of technology that also makes makes this up is also you know alerting and mobile uh, capability, both in terms of being able to um, instrument anything anywhere, but also then to alert people um, in terms of that learning phase of the of the um, of the machine learning algorithms, where we still need some in, some um, some human input. Um, so I think it's all going to kind of come to comes in a, a sort of big circle. And in the middle of that circle is is then the you know, the quality of the data that you're you're feeding into that system. So I, I think we'll see, like like with any technology, we'll see some we'll see some big failures, and there will be um, security concerns um, around how this stuff's working. And we're already seeing in the U.S. justice system, you know, issues with um, um, machine learning or AI algorithms making decisions and then not really understanding how those decisions are made and the bias involved in them. So there's going to be a fun ride for the next, I think, next um, you know five to seven years, and some of that's going to be um, around um, legislation as well to control it. Thank you very much. Oh, legislation. That's interesting. That's, that's a whole other topic, I think. Uh, let me yeah. circle back around. It is. Uh, let, we'll talk about that. Karsten, I just wanted to, to go to one more place here. We are, Vivek, you can get ready with your prediction. I'm coming back to you in a couple seconds. Vivek, you say we're talking about machine learning. The driver will not be the technology itself. Oh, boy, look, new technology. Let's adopt it. This is going to be cool. It'll be coming from the business, but I love what you mentioned in your notes to me. You say the key question is, what do we want? to achieve look at where we are can we automate something what can we do with this technology to help us gain trust in our from our customer to gain efficiency to gain productivity for so it's going to come from the need not from the availability of the tech do you think most companies see it that way karsten i would say not yet i think still look at uh-huh. it still from a from a technology perspective and um and that's actually a little bit sad because I think the technology is there, right? And most of uh, most of AI and ML algorithms are based on the same technology, um, and so there is not really a technology differentiator if you want to look at it in this way. But it's really how you integrate it in your business processes, right? How you drive real change, how you drive efficiency, how can you make things more secure, um, how can you make things better, right? And these are the real questions that need to be asked because. The rest is honestly um, our daily bread, right? We can integrate it with any sort of technology. We can integrate with any sort of platform. That's not the key question, right? Then, then we can just come a little bit to the sandbox, uh, sandbox experiments where we just try out tech and go, oh, isn't that cool? We were able to do that. So, yeah, it is pretty cool, but actually <laughs> it doesn't deliver any value. We need to come to value discussions, not to technology discussions. Technology is absolutely like when you buy a car, you do not ask who made the injection pump for the car. You just buy the car because you like it and it drives, right? And it does mm-hmm. what you need it to do. And I think we need to come to that level as well when we look into new technologies. Does it do what I need to do? And not about uh, what pieces and parts are, is it using. Nobody asked that question. Very well put. Thank you very much. Vivek Rao, going around to you, our panelist from Deloitte Consulting. Vivek, I can give you 60 seconds. Why don't you look into the future? We call it the crystal ball here. And tell us what you see coming, I'll say, up the pike or down the pike or whatever, wherever the way the road is winding and wending in terms of all of this new technology for the intelligent enterprise. Our topic technically has been machine learning and ERP. Will your brand survive? But Well, we've certainly talked about a lot of aspects of that. So, Vivek, Predict for me 60 seconds. Go. Sure. Uh, prediction will probably be a very short um, next couple of years type of a prediction because things change so rapidly. Um, you know, prediction is really that 
in every organization, you'll find all of these technologies, whether it's blockchain, AI, IoT, there will be some way, form, or shape that it's being used, right? So to become more pervasive, I think the difference, as I said, right, the difference will be about how are we enabling that business process to function better, driving more value inside, enabling that workforce to sort of do their job better in that space, to be less about the technology conversation as we move forward. Thank you very much. Good prediction. Mr. Owen Pettiford at Back Office Associates. I have 60 seconds with your name on them. Owen, you know how it goes. Go ahead. Yeah, I, mean, I think my prediction for, for this stuff moving forward is that AI will, will appear in the workplace without people really knowing it's, it's appearing there. It will just make jobs, um, it will make jobs easier. It will take away some of the, the boring, mundane jobs, and we're already seeing that. I think the end, the end game gets us to what I refer to as darkened systems. So in the same way you have a darkened warehouse that doesn't need the lights on because the computers or the, the robots don't need, don't need the light, we'll end up with the same with, um, with darkened systems inside organizations where what we used to see as a, a system people would look at all day um, becomes darkened and is just being controlled by the AI stuff. Um, and then the longer-term prediction is for the, um, the AI CEO. Thank you very much. That That's a crazy, good, interesting one. That's very provocative. We could do a whole panel of yes and no and, and sitting on the fence. Couldn't we, Owen, on that, the AI CEO? Yeah, we could. We could. Well, why, why not? If you believe in AI, why, why couldn't it take over us? Why is that job so special that it couldn't be uh, replaced? Interesting. I would find it interesting even to have a head of HR or HCM being an AI bot something trying to negotiate vacation times or or leave or something like that. That'd be, no, you can't. I want to. No, you can't. It's not in the rules. Anyway, Karsten Nitschke, I've done the algorithm. Karsten, I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Let's go. Prediction, please. So on my side of predictions, is, <clears throat> I would say we will see probably in the next two years um, in standard ERP systems a degree of uh, automation that will be 50% plus uh, that will reach even higher levels within the next five years. And um, I definitely agree that it will be very interesting to see how many of those jobs that you just mentioned might be able then to be substituted by AI and ML algorithms. So I would love to have that discussion with you and Owen, uh, because I think it's definitely worthwhile to have. Okay, I think we have a topic for another show. On that note, I have to close out this debut. This has been a very interesting conversation. It's been my pleasure to bring one of our, well, this is the 39th or 40th, but who's counting Game Changer series under the banner of Coffee Break with Game Changers, which I created for SAP seven years ago. We have a global audience. Thank you to World Talk Radio Voice America for getting the word out about our very interesting panelists and topics. So I'm going to say thank you to our Debut show, panelist Vivek Rao at Deloitte. It's been a pleasure. Owen Pettiford at Back Office Associates. Always glad to hear your voice. And Karsten Nitschke at SAP. I think you're my new best friend. We're going to come up with a couple of new topics here. We will work it out and see what we can do. And a shout out to Cecilia Morton and all the wonderful people on her team who put this together. They've worked hard for months and here we are. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham and a shout out to Aaron at World Talk Radio, our engineer. Here's my call to action. Get used to hearing this. You're going to hear it a lot coming up. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Vivek Rao at Deloitte, just like Owen Pettiford at Back Office Associates, and, of course, just like Karsten Nitschke at SAP. Signing off for now. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with the Intelligent Enterprise, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Mondays on the Influencers Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.